Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Bob Beeland. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Thank you. Bob. Today, we will be discussing the third and final part of chapter 35 of Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, Beyond the Veil. So, we're here. I just told Discord. I stalled all that I could with these docs. (laughs) And so, make sure you've read the chapter and you're ready to sob your way through the details. I want to point out the progression of verbs. <laughs> what did we start at? We pouted. What did we do last time? Did we cry? I think we cried. And now, and now we're sobbing. And now we're sobbing. So, but we're not there yet. Before we begin, let's go to Meg for the weekly profit. Um, so we have some new casting news for Dan Radcliffe. And give it to me. This one kind of, I mean, like, it's kind of cool. He's going to be in a movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Hello. Uh, I saw this. Called Lost. He's so cute. He's so cute. But he's playing the villain in a (gasps) romantic action adventure comedy called The Lost City of D. And, um, so yeah, basically, this is a little, this is a little. Uh, description of what the movie is about it says the story follows a reclusive romance novelist sandra bullock who was sure nothing could be worse than getting stuck on a book tour with her cover model channing tatum until a of kidnapping course. attempt sweeps them both into a cutthroat jungle adventure proving life can be so much stranger and more romantic than any of her paperback fictions so we have Miss Congeniality, Magic Mike, and Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. It all fits. Sweet. It all goes together. It sounds like a really cool movie. It does, for real. <laughs> and I feel like it's been kind of like, well, actually, he's in that TV show with Steve Buscemi. It's such a good show. I need to watch it. What, Miracle but I, It's yeah. so funny. But I got to say, like, so I funny. love Sandra Bullock. So I'm really, yeah, I like her a lot. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. For this good. sounds good you think i'm gorgeous you want <laughs> to, to kiss me, me. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <heck>? <laughs> patreon head on over to patreon.com forward slash 
Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going, and it also gives you access to our exclusive Discord channel, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. And lastly, please send Potter stories, fun stuff, questions, concerns, etc. to our email, swishflickcast at gmail.com. Love it. Also, if you're not a Phoenix Plus patron, which is the one that gets the box and all the other goodies, the next one, I think I said this in our Phoenix chat mm-hmm. the other day, but the next box... I'm so excited for it. I think you're hyping it up too much. I'm not hyping it up too much. <laughs> um, but if you would like the Phoenix Plus box, the deadline to sign up to be eligible to get that in July is April 30th. Yes. Do it. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, not. I don't think this episode, but the episode after this comes out of my birthday. Ooh. Which is getting close. Well, yeah, you're our gross. We got some special plans for, I mean, Sarah's birthday, obviously, but some other stuff, too. (laughs) So, (laughs) Just saying. It is time. For the recap. Throwing it back classic for someone who I hold high high respect for, but Mm. I won't get into it yet because I want to cry it. All right. So we're in full swing of the battle in the Department of Mysteries. It's getting a little crazy. As a Death Eater who has a baby head, Hermione gets knocked out by some crazy curse. Um, Harry and Neville finally meet up with the rest of the crew, so Ron, Ginny, and Luna. They're all kind of banged up, except for Luna. Ron's acting super weird and giggly. Ginny has a broken ankle. Uh, and they're trying to get up, but they end up back in that brain room with more Death Eaters, and Ron makes kind of a big mistake. Oh, I wouldn't see, call lavender a mistake. So, oh, okay. I want a whole different <laughs> route. So you need to watch Arrested Development because you could have said, I've made a huge mistake. Shout out to Job. Sorry. I need to watch it. <laughs> but I won't. I don't care for Job. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Sasa. So brains are flying. Spells are flying. Um, and it, things happen and it ends up just leaving. Neville and Harry as like the conscious ones that can actually fight back and they're fighting the Death Eaters who basically have them cornered now. It seems like all hope is lost when uh, finally members of the Order show up. And so then the fighting continues during the struggles. The prophecy ends up being smashed. Dumbledore arrives. This not happy. Uh, and unfortunately, Sirius does not survive the battle. Ugh. And just saying it makes me want to cry. So let's let's wait till we get to the end of the episode and I'm the one that has to talk about it. <laughs> the crier of the group. All right. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Let's talk about the battle. All right. So mark it up on your bingo. <laughs> yeah, how many I think we've just said that like fifty times. It doesn't matter. It's like a free space. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> So Ron is all going zombie. He's loving the brains, oh. right? You didn't get that. You didn't get that. Yeah, that's cute. Okay. So at first I was like zombie, and I was like, oh, brain stop. Yeah. <laughs> Applaud. And so Harry yells out to him to stop because he has no idea what would happen if Ron touched the tentacles that you know are flying behind the brain now. But he was sure, given where they're at, nothing good could come from this. 
So he rushes forward toward Ron, but Ron had already caught the brain in his outstretched hands. And the moment that the brain made contact with Ron's skin, the tentacles began wrapping themselves around his arms like ropes. This makes me like have anxiety. It was bad. Like it's, I would be like, it makes me just thinking of him going through this makes me feel panicked. Yeah. Well, because when you think about it, it's like suffocating. It could suffocate him. Suffocation. No breathing. We won't finish the quote. (laughs) (laughs) Ron had about a second before he realized that something was really, really wrong because he's not in his right mind at this moment. Remember, he's like goofy, giggly. Something's wrong with him. And quote, Harry, look what happened. No, no, I don't like it. No, stop, stop. And so the thin ribbons were spinning around Ron's chest now. So it's his arms and his chest. And he's trying to tug and tear at them. But the brain was being like pulled closer, like the middle piece of an octopus, you know, and all those, all those tentacles. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. So, Diffendo, Harry yelled, trying to sever the feelers, wrapping themselves tightly around Ron before his eyes, but they would not break. Ron fell over, still thrashing against his bonds. And so, I wanted to talk about the first time. I remember reading this for the first time, and I was just absolutely horrified at what was happening to Ron. And I thought that he was going to die. Because I don't know how, like... Harry leaves, and so we're obviously with Harry, and we don't know what happens to Ron. Do we? I, mean, I too really, thought that. With any of them. Like, when you think about Jenny getting hit, it's scary. I mean, well, let's talk about that. Like, like thinking about Hermione in the last yeah. part of this mm-hmm. chapter, like, I genuinely thought that she died until, mm-hmm. like, they could... I think they checked her pulse, right, mm-hmm. Neville? Mm-hmm. And... And then I was like, okay, she's safe. And then, like, this happens to Ron. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, now is this happening to Ron? Like, I feel like it would be stupid if everybody made it out. Like, that would be crazy lucky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, in my mind, somebody was dying. And it right. was like, okay, well, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It can't be Harry. And Hermione's okay now. So is it Ron? And then it's like, is it going to be Neville? Like, when we get to that part later? Like, it's just, ugh. This episode is such a freaking whirlwind. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. It really is. I also want to ask you. So I pronounce Defindo differently than you did. And I'm just like interested in who else. How does everybody else pronounce it? I say Defindo. 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 That's just. How do you say it? It's probably Defindo, but I say Defindo. Hmm. I mean, I like it. It makes me think of Dippin' Dots. Yeah, me too. I was like. I never thought of that. Now I'm hungry. and dots. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just curious. <laughs> so, legitimately thought Ron was going to die, right? And so Ginny screams out to Harry that the bonds are going to suffocate him. And she's stuck on the floor. Remember, she has a broken ankle. And just as she finishes saying this, a jet of red light flew from a Death Eater's wand and hit Ginny. I forgot directly in the face Mm -hmm. yeah i completely forgot that this happened too i thought that all that happened to her was her ankle same z's yeah when that in the face i read that and i was like (gasps) 
remember any of this. So it's all brand new information. Right in the dome piece. And I can't even. (laughs) I can't even. I, I. Girlfriend's lucky to be. All of them are lucky to be left. Yeah. So Neville shouts back. Stupefy. <laughs> while using Hermione's <laughs> wand. And he yells it three times. Ding. Come on. I put it right next to me, too. Sorry. I was thinking about dipping dots. <laughs> but nothing happens because his nose is broken and he cannot pronounce the spell correctly. See, Wingardium Leviosa. I think part of it, too, is he doesn't have his own wand. I think it's a lot of it. I think it's a lot of things are against him right now yeah, poor dude yeah. yeah and the death eaters then shot stunning spells at neville because now there's the attentions on him and they missed him only by inches so harry and neville are the last two members of the da who were left fighting five death eaters <gasps> that makes seven <sighs> what oh, another bell so two of the death eaters shot streams of silver another bell light at him and they shot past like arrows and left craters in the wall what spell is that that's nuts because i just thought of it now that's nuts like i wonder what would leave craters with silver silver light like question is it just the power of the magic like hitting in an an inanimate object that creates a crater or like if that were to hit you do you know what I'm so, saying? Like, is it is it just because the hex didn't make contact with like a person yeah. to have the effect of whatever it was? It says on the wikia because, like, literally, this is the only time we hear about it, and it says this Silver unidentified spell. spell could be used to blast holes in inanimate objects, mm. causes damage, no. blasts through objects. That's literally all we know about it. So your guess is as good as mine. I wonder who the Death Eaters are because it's Harry. I want. I think one and of them he has like the there. prophecy. And later, as they go on, um, they're not aiming spells at him as he's running because he has the prophecy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why these two decided it would be fine to just you know go all willy nilly. Part of me is just like Harry, just smash that thing. Like just smash it. He Get thinks that it's all that's with. keeping them alive. Yeah, but he, yeah, I know. yeah, it's all that's keeping them alive. He doesn't know what it is. It could be of use to him. Are they, did they send those shots at him or him being Neville? Neville. I don't mm. know. I think, I don't know. Probably. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're the only two left and they shot it at them. Who knows? So Bellatrix now, in a terrifying maneuver, runs straight at Harry. So Harry takes off. He's holding the prophecy high above his head. And all he's thinking about in this moment was using himself to draw, not like with a pen and paper, (laughs) Megan, the Death Eaters away from the other members of the DA. You have to think, all this time, is Ron okay? Mm -hmm. Is Ginny okay? Right? We don't know. And it appears to have worked. So the Death Eaters ran after him. They were knocking down chairs and tables all along the way. But none of them tried to, quote, bewitch him in any way because of the prophecy. And I just thought that this was interesting language used here. Like, we know that, you know, bewitching someone, so to, like, use magic or cast a spell over somebody, 
But I just thought it was interesting to just like instead of saying like none of them decided to like fire off a spell or something, you know, the mm-hmm. language that had been been used. It's just interesting. I wonder like why no one thought to imperious him. Maybe they thought mm-hmm. about it, but they know how much he can resist it. Oh yeah, from last mm-hmm. year. It's a good point. So maybe, maybe they just kind of thought that it was a waste of their time. But I guess maybe I trying it's better than not trying it. But well, from their perspective, yes. From our perspective, no. Right. <laughs> but like, I wonder, like, how quickly, like, they could have done Imperius and been like, roll it to us, like you're knocking off some bowling pins. You know what I mean? Because that's quick. He would do it, and then he could get himself out of it. I don't know. But I guess there's also truth that he can get himself out of the curse. Yeah. So Harry dashed through the only door that was still open. It was the one that the Death Eaters had come through, and Harry was inwardly praying that Neville would stay with Ron and find some way to release him. So, like I said, I was, remember he's fighting off this brain. I thought this language was also interesting to use because. If we think about like the afterlife and things like I th- in seven Molly when they when after the flight of the seven potters Molly says thank god. And so like it's just like a universal thing that's that's reference we say like oh my god or things like this and Harry's inwardly praying is he actually praying to like a being? I don't think so. But like I just thought it was it was interesting. I think it's in He's a hoping. lot of times people even if people that not always the case but there are people that are atheists or don't really believe that they're in times of true panic like this like they're almost willing to do whatever it takes so like Mm -hmm. you know you might not believe and all of a sudden you're like i really it's worth a shot yeah if you're up there some kind of hope right i was gonna say i kind of feel like this word is more so being used as uh like a synonym to hoping or pleading Mm -hmm. like please Mm -hmm. neville stay with ron like please help him it's just like a plea and she just happened to use the word praying but i think that um you know we're gonna get into that later when we do who knows when felix file episodes between like things that are biblical that uh could mirror things that are in the wizarding world it's just just interesting interesting language Mm -hmm. so far for me um, so Harry is inwardly praying that Neville would stay with Ron and try and release him from this brain. And so he runs a few feet into the new room and he felt the floor vanish. And that makes me feel sick. Like, oh, I know what it makes me feel like when you drop on Hagrid's ride. Universal. <laughs> yeah. And so the floor vanishes. And I wanted to read this last paragraph from my section before Meg starts hers. Quote. He was falling down, and this this just physically hurts me on the inside. Mm-hmm. He was falling down steep stone step after steep stone step, bouncing on every tier until at last, with a crash that knocked all the breath out of his body, he landed flat on his back in a sunken pit where the stone archway stood on its, its dais. Dais. Yes. yes. The whole room was ringing with Death Eater's laughter. So they're laughing at him as he literally tumbled into a pit right i mean they don't care about him i know it's just adding to their disgustingness 
He looked up and saw the five who had been in the brain room descending towards him while as many more emerged through doorways and began leaping from bench to bench toward him. Harry got to his feet, though his legs were trembling so badly they barely supported him. The prophecy was still miraculously unbroken in his left hand, his wand clutched tightly in his right. He backed away, looking around, trying to keep all the Death Eaters within his sights. The back of his legs hit something solid. He had reached the dais where the archway stood. He climbed backward onto it. But, like, what if he would have, like, bounced on up in there after his fall? Accidentally. Or what if, in a panicked moment, he heard the voices and thought he could hide? Because after Sirius, we after we get to that, he says, no. He's not gone. He's not dead. There are people in there. Right. Right. So, like, what if in a moment of panic, he thought I can escape I can by go going in. through this? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. And that's why it should be super hard to get in there. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Homura. Right. Yeah. Knife. Try stay, saying steep stone step. Ten times it was fast. Tough. It was really tough. <laughs> and no one said good job, Tiffany. Good Tiffany. Job, Tiffany. We think you did great. <laughs> Round of applause. Step after steep stone step. Stoop kids afraid after to leave steep. the stoop. Yeah. <laughs> they accepted said soup kids afraid to eat a soup. <laughs> it was soup. Oh man. All right. The Death Eaters all halted and gazed at Harry. Um, I find this part just kind of like proof really as to how powerful the DA is in all honesty. Like, yes, I know a lot of them are not doing so hot right now, but if you take a step back and look at the fact that there were 10 Death Eaters, some were panting as hard as Harry was. One was bleeding badly, which was Dullahov, and he had been freed of the bull- full body bind and was leering at Harry, his wand pointing straight at Harry's face. Like, they're, he, they're giving these Death Eaters a run for their money, you know? Yeah. These 15, 16-year-old kids. Right? So Luscious, he says, Potter, your race is run. Now hand me the prophecy like a good boy. And I said, is Harry a dog? This line just makes me want to puke because it's so patron- patronizing and gross. Um, it is I, if I'll, if I'll, Oh my god, I can't talk. In all honesty, like, Sometimes I forget how gross Lucius is. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, he is not actually like, Lucius. I just feel like no. in the movies, they they do make him pretty gross in the movies. But like in the books, he really comes across as a patronizing bigot. Like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's worse in the books, and it just like, oh yeah, ugh. like it's almost to the point where like. How how do people that don't or like that that see him and not think like the things that have come out of his mouth like how do you not see that he's bigot you know what I mean right. like I don't get it I I don't, I don't like get how it. is it a surprise you, that he's a you, death eater I mean, and like an active death eater right now like clearly yeah. it's obvious mm, right yeah like he's just creepy I, I I don't know they all are all the death eaters are like Bellatrix is the freaking worst oh my god but we'll get to that. So, I don't because know what you're talking about. she is so awful in a couple lines here. So, are you gonna do it? Do her voice? Yes. Oh shoot. Or do you want me to? I'll let you do it. 
Okay. <laughs> um, so Harry's desperate. And I think that at this point, Harry does kind of know that Lucius is right. Like his race is run. There is not much Harry can do on his own against 10 Death Eaters. Yeah. Where are you going to go? You're literally right. in a circular room yeah. surrounded in the very center. Right. Uh, oh. By very powerful wizards. Oh. And Lucius says he isn't really in a position to bargain. And he's officially very outnumbered. Teth- 10 Death Eaters to himself however neville then comes scrambling down the stone benches toward them 12 12 stone benches no 12 people oh tw- oh my god <gasps> oh shoot you're right oh my god wait what is that saying with dumbledore the third when there's 13 the first to rise right yes when there's 13 seats at the table to- i wonder if yeah. sirius when is your first in no table Interesting. When 13 to deny, the first to rise is the first to die, which that I happened mean, to Sirius. So, okay. Um, okay. So Neville is yelling in his, <laughs> I just feel so bad for Neville right now. He's like so beat up and he's still, he's such, this moment is just like such Gryffindor Neville. And he's just like coming into his own and at the end of this book. And I love it. So he goes. He's not alone. He's still God B. <laughs> and he starts casting stupefy, stupefy, stupefy <laughs> before the largest Death Eater seizes for him, seizes him from behind. And Lucius goes, it's Longbottom, isn't it? This line, again, another reason, like Lucius is the literal worst. I, and I don't like he this type of language is not used in the movies it's kind of more generalized and plus like not every nobody gets as beat up in the movie as they do in the book in all honesty lucius mm-hmm. is more just like sneery in he's the very movie sneery but in, in the, the books yeah. he's freaking like evil cruel. yes yeah yeah he's long bottom isn't it well your grandmother's used to losing family members to our cause your death our will not cause. come as a great shock. <sighs> this is so gross, and I <sighs> hate Lucius. I think it actually makes me feel sick. Yes, you are talking to a 15, 16-year-old child. You shouldn't say it to anybody. Especially well, correct. A child. You shouldn't say it to anybody. You're, but <sighs> you're talking specifically to a 15, 16-year-old child whose parents went insane because of your people mm-hmm. and doesn't have parents realistically at this point they're happy about it i know it's so gross they're so and like to think that because we always i feel like that's a forgotten like tidbit of knowledge is that it happened after voldemort was, right like, his so it was clearly he was no longer Adam all Joy. the death eaters yeah. just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah to do it being nasty <sighs> so bellatrix gets an evil look on an evil smile on her face and goes long bottom Oh, sorry, Tiffany. Do you want to do this in her voice? No, I want to do itty bitty baby. (laughs) (laughs) Longbottom. Why, I have had the pleasure of meeting your parents, boy. Neville is fighting so hard against the grip of the Death Eater and he yells, I know you have. And again, if we aren't remembering, Bellatrix is one of the Death Eaters who tortured Alice and Frank Longbottom to insanity. I'm sure at this point we all know this, but just in case. Um... So Bellatrix then has a plan, and she said that she wants to see how long Neville will last before he cracks like his parents, unless Potter gives them the prophecy. 
And even after hearing that, growing up with his parents, visiting them all the time, Neville yells, don't give it to them, Harry, no matter what, don't give it to them. This is going to make me cry. Jeez. I know. Jeez. I'm over here tearing up. I know. Like, er, Neville, Neville's ready. <sighs> I love Neville's Neville. ready to die I, for his cause. Yes. Neville's thrown down. And I almost, I, yeah, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I need, okay. <laughs> We're falling <laughs> apart. No. <laughs> I just like, I forgot how much I love Neville. And I've, I. He's amazing. He's such he's a good amazing. character. He's such a good character. And like, he is he like him and harry and ron and her, like the whole da like they are just following in their parents footsteps really in terms of like what they had to do in the first war mm-hmm. and like harry's parents would be so proud of him neville's parents would be so proud of him i feel like molly and arthur would be proud of ron like it's just huge yeah it's just like a big deal so Bellatrix casts Crucio and Neville screams and his legs draw up to his chest so that the Death Eater holding him was momentarily holding him off the ground. The Death Eater then drops him and he falls to the floor and he's twitching and screaming in agony. So she removes Crucio and says that was just a taster. Now, Potter, either give us the prophecy or watch your little friend die the hard way. And Harry doesn't even think like at this point, there's there's clearly no choice. It doesn't matter what Neville said to him. Like he is not going to let that happen to Neville. Yes. I think that like the Neville and Harry are very similar in the aspect of like they both are willing to die for the cause, mm-hmm. but they're also not willing for other people to die yes, for, for it. So like they're yes. willing to sacrifice themselves yes. to mm-hmm. save the other people. And I feel mm-hmm. like that right there is the perfect example of like why they were the ones that could have been the one, the chosen one. You know what I mean? Like, like Neville's just proving to the prophecy that he basically was just as worthy as Harry in in being the chosen one it just happened to end up being harry but both of them were really well, like they well, voldemort chose him well i know I, but but also i i think a huge part of my harry survived the killing curse was because his mother really? wouldn't step aside yeah and now had voldemort chosen neville he just would have killed alice and didn't wouldn't think about it the reason he asked uh called her molly not harry's mom lily is because snape asked him to basically it all panned mm-hmm. out the way that it was supposed to. But yeah. like, I mean, but I think they're both integral. Neville's courage is at the right level to have like been this person had he needed to be yeah. this person, you know? Yeah. Did it pan out right he, though? Because I think well, that Remus was supposed to fall in love with Lily and then true. they were supposed to have a kid. And, and then Harry wasn't even going to exist. Yeah. Snape well, would have hated Remus, thing. Jack. Uh, he already Jack. did. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You're welcome. Hit the road. <laughs> Don't you come. Um, I just like making Sarah roll her eyes. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, so Harry, again, no, no choice. He holds the prophecy out to Lucius and Lucius jumps forward to take it. But then high above them. Let's go. Two more doors burst open and five more people sprint into the room 
Sirius, Lupin, Moody, Tonks, and Kingsley. Need some like superhero music right now. Right? It's like the Avengers. Yeah. Dun, dun, I like dun, picture like Captain America standing a up special with special number. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I wonder what 17 is. Cuz then with Dumbledore it's 18. Mhm. And then Voldemort 19. And 19 is a number in the books. Yeah, but he doesn't show up in this chapter. True. Um and Sirius is gone by then, so. Mm. Let's just <laughs> continue. <laughs> We've been building this too long. Um, So the five of them enter and sprint into the room and Tonks immediately sends a stunning spell towards Lucius. And Harry doesn't even like have a moment to see if it hit him. He just dives off the dais out of the way. Um, And now the Death Eaters are just completely distracted by the order. Spells are shooting everywhere. Harry almost gets hit by a red spell that shoot past him, but he sees Neville crawling um, and Harry reaches Neville first. I like don't. Can we just stop here? Because it just gets (laughs) sad. (laughs) It's been 36 minutes. Cut. Episode done. (laughs) Um, Okay. We ignore it. It doesn't happen. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I tell my anxiety. And you know what? It doesn't work. I'm like nervous for real. You know, like that nervous energy you get. And like, I know what happens, and yet here I am. It's just so sad. Yeah. And I really don't want to cry, but I'm probably gonna. We'll probably all cry. Want to cry a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Harry reaches Neville and he asks, Are you okay? There's still spells like soaring inches over their heads. Um, and Neville, all he says is yes. And he is just trying to pull himself up. And like, Neville just enduring. Crucio. So this kid, I mean, he knows that's what his parents went through. He knows now he knows it from uh, directly from Bellatrix. Yeah, and seeing her face face, now he knows what that feels like. He could have very well have just gone into shock. Yeah. But this kid just like digs yeah. deep and pulls up and he's like, "Let's go." Like I'm I'm like you guys said, he's ready to die for what he believes in. Yeah. I have been reading a lot of like fantasy books this year and all I can think about is in these books typically when someone is like in this situation they literally then like tear like Neville would tear like the person apart kind of thing so in my head that's where my head is at because that's what's been happening in the books I've been reading so I'm like well why doesn't he like try to get revenge like, <laughs> not everyone's like that Sarah <laughs> it's not this kind of book you're mixing fandoms <laughs> if Neville was Pretty a Slytherin that might be what happens <laughs> <laughs> Neville as a Slytherin. Someone write me that fanfic. Um, so Harry then asks about Ron. Uh, like, is he okay? And Neville's like, I think he's all right. When I left, he was still fighting the brain. So that had to be hard for Neville to pick, too. Like, do I watch Where over I Ron? Yeah. Or Harry went off yeah. by himself with now 10 Death Eaters. I guess maybe Neville was probably thinking, well, like, Luna. Wasn't Luna by Ron. She's knocked out. Oh, knocked out. Yeah, literally the only it's crazy. Hair, or Ron was the only one that was like conscious in that room because everyone else was knocked out. Yeah, crazy. it's yeah, that had to have been hard. Um So yeah, Ron's still fighting the brain. So they're talking, they're discussing, there's spell shooting everywhere and between them, the stone floor exploded because a spell hit it and there's another crater right where Neville's hand had been. 
were just terrifying. Um, So suddenly this arm comes out of nowhere, grabs Harry around the neck, and he literally is being held so hard. And this person pulls him up that he's his toes are almost not touching the ground. Um, And whoever it is, we don't know yet, growls to give give me the prophecy. Um, Harry can't breathe like this dude's pressing on his windpipe. His eyes are watering. He's trying to like see what's going on. So we get a little clue into like what is going on around him. So Sirius is dueling at Death Eater, like maybe 10 feet away. Kingsley's fighting two at one time. He's amazing. He's B.A. Tonks is firing spells at Bellatrix. Gotta keep it in the family. Right. So they're all really busy. So Harry's on his own. Like no one sees that he's in trouble. Um, And he doesn't have any breath to speak an incantation. I don't know if he has enough focus to do... um, I was going to say wandless magic, wordless magic, nonverbal magic. Nonverbal. Yeah. Um, But here comes Neville running out of nowhere. (laughs) And so his spells haven't been working. One, whether it's because it's Hermione's wand or two, because his nose is broken. He can't say it right. He jabs this wand through the Death Eater's mask into his eye. Uncomfortable. That's not deserved, but like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Straight for the eyes. What does Dwight say? What are the areas to hit somebody? <laughs> the nose. The nose, the eyes, the groin. Yeah. Um, so that made this dude let go. Harry hit him with stupefy. Um, and the mask slips, slips off and it's Machna, which is who's described as Buckbeak's would-be killer. And I did wonder, like, <laughs> sorry, was his eye, like, punctured but the book does say like it his eye was swollen and bloodshot so i'm guessing no he just got like a real severe poking because i was picturing some gruesome <laughs> stuff i mean like i feel like this is gross never mind but like, I, uh, bad things could have happened I, horrible <laughs> things could have happened i keep picturing the troll and the bogeys mm-hmm. mm. so yep. so this part ugh, gives me like I just I don't like it. So Harry's watching Sirius duel this we don't know who Death Eater, and they're going so hard at it like their wands are just blurs. And he feels his foot make contact with something on the floor, and he slips. And he thought maybe it was the prophecy, like maybe I dropped it in the chaos. I don't know, but no, it was Moody's magical eye. And then we see Mad Eye lying on his side. He's bleeding, and this is all the work of Dalahov, who, of course, is now coming for Harry and Neville that he's taken down Mad-Eye. This dude is bad news. I know we've we've talked about this a lot, but, like, how many he's people like does he just take? Mad-Eye Moody? That's yeah, not mean, an easy feat. It's crazy. Yeah. And it says his face is twisted with glee. Like, you're disgusting. Um, yeah. I'm shocked all he hits Neville with is Terra and Telegra, which if you don't remember, that causes your legs to like spasm and it's kinda like they're just Honestly, like you're dancing. That feeling like I that would suck. Oh, it'd be terrible, but like it's it almost I hate seems like that feeling whenever your legs are like restless. Yeah. And imagine that like mm-hmm. out of control. No. And that make that makes you immobile, like you can't really right. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So Neville's legs are going crazy, he falls over. Dolhoff turns to Harry. And he does that same. Yes. I was just going to say that, like, yeah, I feel like it is super out of character for Dalahov to hit somebody with that. That seems like something silly you'd do, like, in a school duel. Right. Like, it doesn't seem well, like. If 
maybe maybe he wanted to save it for later i was thinking maybe he was mm-hmm. like saving him to leave for bellatrix oh, oh god i a terrible wouldn't thought, put it past them i guess that's yeah, true i mean they do kind nothing, of all have their like that surprises they, me i feel like they're the kind of you know people that <clears throat> like to draw out their torture yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like who knows like what kind of talk they do before they go into a moment like this you know right a moment like, like this, this. So Dollhoff turns on Harry and he makes that same slashing movement that he did for that spell that he used on Hermione. Uh, Harry's super smart, yells Protego at exactly the same moment. So he does still feel, he describes it as feeling something streak across his face like a blunt knife and is knocked over. But his shield charm stopped the worst of the spell. So like he's not unconscious like Hermione or hurt. Um, Dollhoff tries to Accio the prophecy here comes Sirius running over and forget magic. He just rams into him with his shoulder, which is awesome. Uh, Harry almost drops the prophecy again, but manages to cling on to it. And now Sirius and Dolohov are dueling, which makes me nervous, even though that's not how it ends up anyway. So Dolohov again goes to use the same slashing spell. You think he's like Harry Potter using Expelliarmus or something, like he only knows one spell. And Harry thinks on his feet again and hits him with Petrificus Totalis. So Sirius shouts, nice one, and then tries to tell Harry to get out of there. What's everyone's take on the movie line where he says, nice one, James? I love it. Do you like that? Do you not like that? I love it. It feels off. Uh Oh, really? I like it. It feels off just because like I don't know. I just can't imagine Sirius actually calling Harry James, yeah. no matter how similar they are. But I can see why they did it because of it's it's uh it's one of those things that's for people who didn't read the books. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Because I don't I don't know. I just don't I, I it doesn't feel serious to me. But I can see why they did it for the movies. It was just what I liked about it in the movies was like there's a moment it's totally different from here. Yeah, it's very personal. And in this chaos, you like see Harry's face where he's just like just feels totally in sync and like connected to Sirius in a way that I don't think he had yet. I have to say that like this part of the movie, specifically this part, I'm not saying Department of Mysteries as a whole, but the battle in the death chamber I thought was done incredibly well in the movie. And I really, really liked it down to, you know, what we're going to get to with like Remus holding Harry back. Like I just, that I mean, whole that's, scene. that's one of the most emotional scenes. I think it's probably the most emotional scene in all of the Potter movies. I it's mean, you can so take good. seven out completely. Like that's where it is. That scene and um Cedric's dad screaming that's my boy that's my boy those those are the most emotional scenes in my opinion and 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 the one that's coming up in the movies it doesn't even have any sound yeah right I think that's what makes it so strong I I just I I mean I know that like Order of the Phoenix as a movie gets a ton of flack and I totally get it but like what I loved about this movie was the artistry of how it was filmed in certain scenes. And I think that like this battle specifically, this part of this battle was one of the best 
all the way to like Dumbledore's battle with Voldemort, Harry's battle with Voldemort, like this whole ending to me, I loved. What I like, because I agree, is that it is silent when it happens and he's being held back. Because mm. if, if you're in a situation like that, like I think you almost your ears it's that you you don't hear anything you don't really see anything you're just like it's uh, that i think like is a good representation of like what someone actually would feel like in that situation which is incredibly heartbreaking yeah (sighs) all right so sirius tries to tell harry to get out of there and he's cut off and they both duck and a jet of green light narrowly misses sirius Yeah, across the room, Harry sees Tonks uh, tumbling down from halfway up the steps, and she's totally limp. So she's just falling, kind of like Harry did, but she's knocked out or something. And Bellatrix is looking triumphant before she runs to go battle someone else. Um, So Sirius tells Harry, "Go ahead." I wonder why she didn't kill her, or make sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. Because. I'm wondering if they're thinking because they are hoping they're going to be triumphant and being like, we'll just make sure everyone's knocked out. And like, once we're done with like, I have her knocked out, then I'm going to go and like, mm. I'll finish it later again. Cause I, Bellatrix, we know likes to, she make likes to play suffer. with it. And I yeah. think that yeah. especially because that is her niece and that is her family, which is, I almost said a swear, uh, is more messed up. Um, that she would draw it out even more just yeah. to like almost spit in her sister's face. You yeah. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm reading, I'm, I'm listening to seven on audible and it's after the flight of the seven potters. And, um, Tonks is talking about how Bellatrix very much wants her dead. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think maybe you could be right. Cause it, it, it's, it's not on character for her. To not kill her. Mm-hmm. Maybe you she know. thought she was What's dead. What's the difference? Maybe. I mean, it's Maybe. possible she thought she was and like, who's going to take the time to, I mean, they didn't even really check to make sure that Harry was dead. They sent, they sent Narcissa <laughs> and true. just like believed well, her. Trusted, trusted the Malfoys. So, I mean, I feel like they, it's, they're kind of naive in that sense where they're just going to assume uh, when maybe they shouldn't, but at, well, in the end, that's better. That checking for a pulse is a muggle thing to do, and that's another downfall, Mr. Tom Riddle. He's not even there. I understand that, but these are his Death Eaters. They're messing up on the job. I really want to say some swears, man. Listen, it's really hard. Don't bring Tom into this when he's not even there. <laughs> They're acting on his behalf, though. So, like, he is there. He's there. Yes. He's there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, realistically, like, I, I genuinely think, like, are they just, like, I... I can tell if someone's dead. No, you aren't looking at their chest enough to see if they're breathing or checking a pulse. Checking a pulse. Say, hey, 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 are you okay? Is the scene safe? Hey, hey, hey. I remember. Anyway. You can keep going if you want. I don't want to, <laughs> but I will. So Sirius tells Harry, take the prophecy, grab Neville, and run. And he doesn't leave him any room to argue. He Sirius goes to run and meet Bellatrix. So we get a little background on Kingsley. He's battling Rookwood, Rookwood. <laughs> and another jet of green light flies over Harry's head. 
Is this uh, the protection? Making it curve right over Harry's head? I mean, probably. Yeah. It's not going to hit him. Right. Uh, Neville cannot. It's not coming from Voldy's uh, wand. I'm gonna get you. Not today, Tom. <laughs> uh, Neville can't stand on his own. His legs are still tap dancing, going crazy. Harry does his best to help him. But again, someone comes and launches himself at Harry and knocks all of them over. And it's Lucius yelling about giving him the prophecy. Um, and Harry's trying so hard not to smash it between like getting tackled every second and Neville's legs flailing all over the place. Um, so he... Like Can you imagine if they did that the in the movie? <laughs> the How legs. Ridiculous. How yeah. ridiculous would that look? Hence why they didn't. <laughs> I think the... This is Neville the whole time! <laughs> the book describes it, Neville as being like a beetle turned on their back. Yeah. Oh, oh, which is a really like great picture. Like you can picture it. So uncomfortable. I, I hate wrestling in my legs so really much. Slow. It's the worst. I don't like it. Sorry that happens to you. <sighs> it doesn't happen often, but it is the worst when it does. You yeah. better knock on some wood. <laughs> Not to be confused with Oliver. <laughs> um. So Harry. At first, I thought when I read this. So Harry tells Neville to catch the prophecy, and I was like, this kid. Is throwing <laughs> this prophecy <laughs> to this other kid who probably mm-hmm. is like me and can't catch anything. But no, he he flung it across the floor. I had to reread that. Neville scoops like it up. Like bowling. What? Yeah, like bowling. Like bowling. Yeah, bowling, bowling. for prophecies. <laughs> like bowling for soup. That's the name of the episode. No <laughs> bowling for prophecies. <laughs> uh, so he flings it across the floor. Neville scoops it up, holds it to his chest, and then Harry literally blasts Malfoy off his back with impedimenta and he I know he scrambles up just in time to look around and see Lucius smash into the dais dais um that Sirius and Bellatrix are dueling on and Malfoy goes to aim his wand at Harry and Neville but my boy Remus jumps in he's like nah bro I don't think so because he's the best (laughs) he is the best Mm -hmm. he's He's basically the best I just want to point out what Hannah said in the chat. Sure. Because it says that line, this is like take Neville and run is very similar to James's take Harry take, and take run Harry. to Lily. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. That was like getting <laughs> punched in the gut. Why? I like already feel myself tearing I up. know. It's going to be a doozy. Okay. So. <clears throat> We're all here with you. I actually you. have a lot of read from chapters, so I apologize in advance. So Remus obviously tells Harry to take the uh, basically saying like take the others and meaning the other children that are there and get out. So Harry hauls Neville up, who again can't really support himself in his legs because they're you know flailing about like they're independent from his body. Hmm. You get the reference. I love you. Harry is able to take a step. Then like there's a spell that hits the step that he's on. They kind of fall back. Um, Neville ends up like crumbling, um, and he thrust the prophecy that he now has because Harry, you know, bowled it to him. He shoves it in his pocket to give him kind of like, so he can have two free hands. So Harry tries to get Neville to stand up. And um, while he's trying to get him up, basically Neville's robes end up ripping. And it's basically reading from the chapter. It's a small spun glass ball dropped from his prop. No, it's a pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Rocket. And before either of them could catch it, one of Neville's floundering feet kicked it. It flew some 10 feet to their right and smashed on the step beneath them. 
As both of them stared at the place where it had broken, appalled at what had happened, a pearly white figure with hugely magnified eyes, hmm, hugely magnified eyes, mm. rose into the air, unnoticed by any but them. Harry could see its mouth moving, but in all the crashes and screams and yells surrounding them, not one word of the prophecy could be heard. The figure stopped speaking and dissolved into nothingness. Done. I'm sure. Uh, 99.9% positive. The for figure with hugely magnified eyes. That's Trelawney. <laughs> it's good prophecy. Mm. Are you sure? Did you, you look sure? that up? What's your source? My source is my imagination. <laughs> so Neville tries to apologize to Harry because obviously like he did not mean for that to happen. And really that has been Harry's like kind of safeguard. And he didn't want them to get it. Now no one's going to get it. Harry also doesn't know, though, he's going to find out in a few chapters what the prophecy was. Never going to get it, never going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Harry basically is like, it doesn't matter. We need to get out. So Neville tries to, he needs, he tells Neville, like, I need you to try to, like, stand. Um, And then Neville kind of sees someone over Harry's shoulders. And Dumbledore has arrived. And let me tell you, friends, he is furious. But... Harry's kind of grateful because they're like they're saved like oh thank god he's here kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so Dumbledore like rushes past them Harry's forgotten his plans on leaving and then like when Death Eaters like realize that Dumbledore is there one tries to take a run so they, they all let each other know like hey he's here he being Dumbledore one tries to run but Dumbledore like pulls him back with like it. it's almost like the way when I'm reading it it almost is like he's not even looking at him and he whips him back and he's like, haha, no, you're not like, there's nowhere to run. I have you now. Mm-hmm. Um, almost with like no effort on his part. Kind of like the force. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Dumbledore's going to be force choking people soon. So I'm the only people who seem to be unaware of the new arrival was Sirius, who is fighting his cousin Bellatrix. She sends a spell of red light at him and he ducked and laughed at her. And then she sends a second jet of light and it hit him squarely in the chest. Um, And so I wanted to like look this up because it's not super clear because we know that the killing curse is green. So in the film, Bellatrix hits Sirius with the killing curse, which is a Vada Kedavra, killing him before he passes through the veil. In the book, though, the curse that hits Sirius is not identified, although it's rumored to be stupefied because it is a red light. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's being knocked out through the veil is actually what causes his death, not the the spell that hits him. Mm. So I'm going to read from the chapter. Do you have to? Do we have to? Let's just pretend. Here we go. The laughter had not quite died from his face, but his eyes widened in shock. Harry released Neville, though he was unaware of doing so. Harry jumped to the ground, pulling out his wand as Dumbledore turned to the dais too. It seemed to take Sirius an age to fall. His body curved in a graceful arc as he sank backward through the ragged veil hanging from the arc. <laughs> and Harry saw the look of mingled fear and surprise on his godfather's wasted, once handsome face as he fell through the ancient doorway and disappeared behind the veil, which fluttered for a moment as though a high wind in a high wind and then fell back into place. Harry heard Bellatrix Lestrange's triumphant scream, but knew it meant nothing. Sirius had only just fallen through the archway. He could reappear from the other side any second. Here's my main problem. I don't like that 
Sirius was kind of afraid when he died. I think that's a natural reaction to death. Yeah. Not for everybody. I think for majority of people, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. But it's there's. Fearful. It's it's people. And there's nothing. I don't think. No, I'm not. In, I'm not saying you are. No, here. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I don't like that because I don't like that he was afraid. I don't want him to feel that way. That's I, what I'm saying. So there's no retort I to w- that. I wonder if he's more so fearing for Harry, though. Being like, I have no idea. But I don't like that. Either no, way, I'm now, it, I'm, it, like, there's another person leaving him. It makes me mad <clears throat> because I don't want I don't want somebody that I care about, fiction or none, to to be afraid. And I hate Bellatrix, and I think that she sucks. I kind of always read that as him just being very surprised by the fact that he got hit. There was more description to that. Can you go back? Because he was first, it says he was shot. His face changed. It said, hold on, let me find The it. first descriptor was shocked. His eyes were wide, right? Mm-hmm. Harry saw the look of mingled fear and surprise on his godfather's wasted once handsome That face. was the second description. Yeah, that makes me laughing. sad. It's, uh, I. He was laughing, then the laughter died. His, he, he was shocked, and then he was afraid. And it makes me sad. It's uh, death is a sad thing. And I. Sorry to talk so much about it. I do kind of. I think that's a natural reaction. Yeah, I agree. I I do kind of feel like, um, you know, he he let his guard down for a second. Like, yeah, he did. It. It shouldn't have happened, obviously. But I do think that, like, potentially his naivety really is what caused him to let his guard down for a split second. And Bellatrix took advantage of that. And she. Yes, she is awful and she's an evil person. But like when it comes to this sort of battling and this sort of position for her to be in, she Mm -hmm. is smart. And yeah, and he and was she, rusty. Yes. Through no fault of his own. And and I but, have to say that reading that you know. part of the book for the first time, I I read it over and over again because I couldn't believe what I read, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I also remember theorizing for mm-hmm. months, being like, he's not dead. No, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not dead. Sirius is not dead. He's gonna come it was a veil. Yeah. Right. The veil and was like yeah. something and so strange and weird, you know. Yes, and, well, and Harry kept saying that there are people back there. Right. Okay, so if there right. are people back there, well, then they we can, can get to through, them, maybe. You know. Yeah, and I yeah. think that what is so interesting to me with um, some of these major deaths that happen in these books, if you look at Sirius's death and you look at Dumbledore's death, like both of them were theorized to the end of all time about how they maybe weren't dead because she just like. The way that she wrote both of them, it was like, um, I'm going to write it in a way that's going to make it be like disbelief that that didn't happen. And there's a way out of it. And I can believe that it's not going to happen. And I mean, it's it happens at the end of the book. So then like you're, you know, you read that and then you just have to wait and wait and wait for the next one to come out. So you're just like coming up with all of these theories and like 
Sirius and Dumbledore both. I was all about the theories that like both of them were were not dead. Isn't that so interesting? Because to me, the to me, who was going to die at the end of this book? It was going to be someone in Dumbledore's army. That's what I had put my head in. It was going to be a a child. It was going to be a kid. Because why would they survive? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting Uh, how you describe that because it's like literally between five and six, you're grappling with the death of Sirius and going going through denial and like all the stages of grief that to be hit with it again. No, I'm just saying like you are literally going through the stages of grief with Sirius and like trying to you don't want to believe it. It's no, it didn't happen. You but then I, mean? I then, you know, this just kind of clicked in my head, too, though, is that like I'm sure that that was done on purpose because, again, we're supposed to be reading these books through Harry's eyes. And that was Harry's reaction to both of these deaths. It mm-hmm. was almost it was disbelief. He couldn't believe that that happened mm-hmm. both times. And he was there to witness it both times. So to like have to deal with that and like go through the mental processes of grieving that it's just interesting i i think part of it too is you know when death is sudden and i'm not saying anything about like when when someone is really sick and they've been sick for a long time i think when anybody dies it is sad it is sad um i've been through that where someone has been ill for a long time and then they finally pass away and they're no longer suffering and i still miss them and i'm still sad about it but i've also had ones where people die suddenly Mm -hmm. and that's almost more heart-wrenching because you weren't expecting it. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, with Harry, he's thinking like he should be here. And really like all of the people in his life should be there. Like his parents should be there. Sirius should be there. Like they, none of this should have happened, but it did, unfortunately. So like, that's other part of it is like, it's just a lot of emotions and not to make this any sadder, but I did pull from, um, Deathly Hallows because I said Fred dies in a similar way and mm-hmm. I'm sorry because I'm going to read from the chapter. I'm here for it. <clears throat> it says, and Percy was shaking his brother and Ron was kneeling beside them and Fred's eyes stared without seeing the ghost of his last laugh still etched upon his face. <sighs> it's just so sad. I think that the the correlation of, or like, you know, talking about how shocking Um, unexpected obviously unexpected deaths are shocking but like it's just another comparison to like real world war time yeah um and just like the comparison of these books to to like the world wars is it's there's just a lot there and yeah it's it's just like a lot to take in and a lot to um Especially, again, like, seeing it through Harry's eyes and how he deals with these things. Well, yeah. and this happens so fast, and this chapter is about ready to, you know, be ended. But where it picks up is where, and I think it's going to get a lot heavier, because it's Harry's realization that, that, that this is that the, the finality mm-hmm. of death mm-hmm. is there. Yeah, yeah, because like, you know, we and we were kind of discussing this actually today and I, you know, with. Obviously, Harry has been around death, but at the same time, like he doesn't really remember his parents too much. Mm -hmm. And Cedric, Cedric didn't mean to him what and I'm not saying he wasn't meanful to him. I think it. I think that was a very impactful death for him. And 
but with with serious he that's just such a huge role in his life that he just got back and now it's gone um and it's just it's sad it's just sad <clears throat> so i'm gonna talk some more so harry's waiting for sirius to reemerge from the archway but obviously he did not um appear reappear and he yell, ends up yelling his name twice and it, i'm gonna read from the chapter i'm just gonna read the rest of it so harry's breath was coming in searing gasps Siri, serious must have just be wow i cannot read serious must be just behind the curtain he harry would pull him back out again but as he sprinted towards the dais lupin grabbed harry around the chest holding him back there's nothing you can do harry now i'm gonna cry <laughs> I mean, let's. Go. It's just so sad because now we had to see his other friend die, and oh, uh, okay. And now he has to hold yes. Harry back, and he has to be the strong one. Thinking of Remus in this uh, moment, I mean, this is. I mean, Remus has sad. Remus has no one. It's the worst. This is it, and like he is probably he would think that he's should have been the first one to die out of any of them. That he's not like he's everyone not worthy are, to yeah to everyone, be the one that's still alive, right? And he's probably blaming himself. Super guilt. I didn't protect him. Um, right. Maybe who knows what happened at, you know, headquarters. If maybe like, I no should have told Sirius. Stay back. Yeah. 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 Go, go ahead. Well, no, it, it also it. just kind of sucks too. Is like, I feel like Sirius or Remus always tries to be like the strong one where like right now, like, yeah, he is the adult in the situation and he is holding Harry back, but like they both just watch someone they love and care about die um and that's that's hard that's just hard yeah mm -hmm. yeah um i was gonna say this but liz typed it in the in the chat like um remus in this moment almost upsets me more than harry because yeah i mean obviously we know sirius is incredibly important to harry um but it's almost, you know, I mean, obviously I don't, it's hard, it's hard to like put it into right words because like, I don't want it to, I don't want to diminish Harry's grief, but Harry does still have a lot of people in his life who love him and care about him and can be considered family. Whereas if you look at Remus, like literally serious was it. And, and, and Remus doesn't, he hasn't had anybody in years in the fact that he thought that Sirius was a Death Eater. He thought all of these awful things. He's probably still trying to get over the fact that he thought these things about his best friend and he was wrong. Feeling guilty for that. Yes. So like he like like, like Lupin always does. Like mm -hmm. the survivor guilt that Remus feels in this moment yeah. um, has to be just like immensely overwhelming compared to Harry's grief in my opinion. Like I feel like Remus has truly lost everything now at this point. And like, thankfully we do, I mean, his brief future with Tonks and he like feels happiness there, but even that takes See, a long a time for him to come tainted. to terms with. Right. A lot of that is tainted because, um, uh, so they get married and he immediately felt guilty for marrying her right. because of what he would do to her in her life. You know, she's now married to a werewolf. That's a stigma that the wizarding world can't get over. And then it hits him again 
when she becomes pregnant and then Harry has to basically shake him and slap him in the face verbally at Grimald place to get him to go back with them rather than going out on a quote unquote adventure with him. And you know, it, he finally finds that true happiness and it's not really until we see it when they're at shell cottage. Mm hmm. When he comes in and he says, the baby's here. Will you be Godfather Harry? And we actually see him happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and mean, what happens? How much next? time does he have there? Well, they break into Green Gots and then they battle and then everybody's dead. So uh, he gets like maybe some a couple weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm crying. I just yeah I just I feel like Remus's story sometimes is so overshadowed and it's obviously it's overshadowed because these books are called Harry Potter and and like I get that but I just feel like Remus's story is so much sadder I think at this point like it's just it's just kind of sad in the aspect of like he right now is has to be the strong one for Harry when like when when they go home at the end of this day like is he going to be alone in his grief? I don't know. Is like, oh my God. And this is why I shouldn't be allowed to do anything because I sit there and think about that and cry about the fact that like, what if he had to like, just go home alone and then his best friend just died. (laughs) She's like sobbing. And I don't know why I'm not. Uh, I wasn't until just now. Sarah, that God. Well, I think that like for me, what makes it really, what makes it really hard for, for Remus is the fact that he's probably going back to Grimald Place. Unless because I'm he, just gonna... Because he doesn't have a I job, know. money, a home. Like, his home is now the headquarters and the headquarters is his best friend who just died's house. Here's how I, I think... I would hope that maybe Tonks would stay <sighs> and maybe that's how... Because, I mean, obviously Tonks is very distraught about this, too. I'm not saying she wouldn't be. I'm just thinking, like, no, I'm saying that I'm maybe thinking, they like, could be together. What if she together? Has to go to the hospital because... Right, like she's injured <laughs> right now, too. Yeah, I think... so like what if he literally just has to... Because he's... Uh... Oh, well, maybe he is alone. You're right. I think hopefully so he yeah, really has to go into... Uh-oh. You know, he's holding Harry back. He has to be strong for that. Then he's got to try and help clean up the mess and get people where they need to be and get treated mungos or whatever he probably doesn't get to have that alone moment Mm -hmm. or that what Mm -hmm. we're fearing until i mean not today you know which might be helpful but there's gonna eventually be that time he probably doesn't let himself have that moment yeah um so i'm gonna continue to finish this yeah Yeah, go ahead There's nothing you can do, Harry. Get him. Save him. He's only just gone through. It's too late, Harry. We can still reach him. Harry struggled hard and viciously, but Lupin would not let go. There's nothing you can do, Harry. Nothing. He's gone. Sorry that I cried so much. Is that the end? Well, and then I just like pulled up the veil. Talk about, yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Um, to talk about the veil, which I know we've kind of discussed about basically like theorizing um, where like it could have come from. Is it part of death's cape thing? Always flying around, even though what's her face is no capes. Hmm. So the veil, 
<laughs> it was an enigmatic structure located, we know it's with the Department of Mysteries. It seemed to be a manifestation of the barrier between the land of the living and the land of the dead. Um, one could not travel freely between the two worlds as it was a one-way trip. It says they likely studied it closely, the unspeakables. I just wonder... So we see him come back with the resurrection stone, but we obviously know that that's not neither ghost nor living. I just, I wonder, like, where, it seems like a purgatory, if I'm going to stick a term on it. Or do they go somewhere? I kind of feel like it would be something similar to Harry's King's Cross Station. And I think that really it's Mm. going to be different for every person who passes through. Like, what's that about? Is that just the Maybe it's the conversations that are happening. I wonder, too, like, you know, because not everyone heard it. And I wonder, because I don't know if we talked about it or not. We're like, there are some people that um, in like real life that are more susceptible to whether you believe this stuff or not hearing spirits or seeing things or like um, that whole, like are more receptive to it and willing to like see here, whatever. So if it's just, it, that's just uh, like a window almost into the other side. Yeah. Where like whoever's around there, they hear them talking, but not everyone hears them. Yeah. And then they don't even do anything for his death after. Obviously, they can't bury anything, but there's not even like a, a. I just Moody got like a. They all took a shot of fire whiskey in his honor. They didn't even do anything for serious, to my knowledge. I wonder if because again we see this in Harry's perspective, like if he's just grieving so much. I don't know what I just did. That he doesn't. He's unaware of what they may have done. Yeah, like it's just such a blur. You know what I mean? I would have yeah. hoped they would have at least taken a shot in his honor. I just thought well, it was Let's all take sad. a sip. Um, I don't have any more. Well, I have water. That's bad you need, luck. You need something not... Sirius deserves more than water. All right. It's for sadness. Wait. We haven't done a sips for sadness in a long time. I'll do a sip for sadness. Are we ready? I'm ready. Glasses up. To serious. To serious. To serious. Clink. 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 <sighs> Tastes like sadness. <laughs> yep. You want to hear right. something super sad? Wait, I have a really sad thought. Oh, yes. Okay. It's about Remus, because oh, I think about Remus oh, all the time. Well, you know. <sighs> so... <sighs> here's Remus who finds his best friend again right Mm -hmm. and maybe for the first time in 10 15 years he doesn't have to spend a moon alone and now he's gonna have to again and that first full moon would probably be really (laughs) really hard Mm, yeah like really hard yeah okay (laughs) Yeah. Did that get Tiffany? I cracked Tiffany. It's just, it's just so sad that he's literally lost everyone. Everything. Yeah. And like 
and it's he, just, it, it he holds it like, in he doesn't even reach out saying, to like, harry I, that, well that's what i'm saying is like he uh, feels like he has to be the strong one around like harry because like he's like well his feelings are more important than mine mm-hmm. you know um and it's not true um oh gosh it's just oh. so sad i just want to give them a log i'm sorry discord uh, i made everybody really sad. they're fictional i'm too sad to walk <laughs> go hug your books <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, I, I was... I'm going to stare at my cat because he's cute. Um, I think I'm just going to go home and cry myself to sleep tonight. All I Literally, all I've done today is cry. <laughs> my book made me cry. My notes made me cry. Me reading made me cry. Like, my section. All right, well, let's see if these lightning bolt questions make us cry. Um, oh, great. <laughs> first one... Comes from Katie Kayaktel. Not me. Out of the order slash DA members there in the room, who would you have sacrificed to save Sirius? Out of who does what? Out of all the people? Out of all of the That's- order or DA members in the room, who would have... This is a- who would you have this sacrificed to save Sirius? I don't know if I would. As much as I'm very sad that he's gone, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that either. I feel like Sirius left when he was meant to leave. As sad as that is, I do kind of feel like this, um, this was unfortunately his moment. And I don't know if I would have, like. That's not what they're asking. They're making his pick. I know. Well, I know, but also like at the it comes and she's like, "No, it's terrible." But we're going. But you have to pick. Uh, I'm gonna go moody. Sorry, I probably would as well. I mean, I guess if I had to pick, I mean that would change a lot for the end of the. I know. See, like that's where I'm struggling. Is like everybody else played such a role uh, at other times that that's why I kind of feel like this was Sirius's time. I've had the time <laughs> of my life. Talking about another dead man. Miss oh him. my! God. I mean, I'm, I, I can't pick. Serious? Oh no, no! That's literally not how you do this game, Megan. Katie, what about you? No, I would well, like to gotta... excuse myself from this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> One that I never asked to be a part of. <laughs> You guys think Eric Munch is dead? No. Oh, no, he just had a Timothy. really long brunch, right? But like, I wonder if they, afterlife. They, it's not above <laughs> them to kill people to get out of their way. You know what I mean? Yeah, he might be. Sorry. Eric oh. Munch, in the words of Mike P in the chat, is invincible. Okay, Eric Yo, Munch okay. is. I guess I would also invincible. go with Moody. If I had to pick All someone, right. don't no, Kate. You can't pick Moody now. That wasn't a rule, okay? They didn't say anything. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one from Kendra. If you could put the trio into a current TV show, what would it be and what would they be playing? Current? I don't watch TV. Hmm. WandaVision. Ron I was going to say WandaVision. WandaVision. Is Gilmore Girls current? Harry would be Vision. Um, I no Ron would be vision. Don't watch a lot of TV. 
So I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hold on. Then who would Harry be in WandaVision? If Ron is Vision, Hermione is Wanda. Harry is the brother. Yeah, Pietro. Pietro. <laughs> but that was all a lie. <laughs> it was all a lie. I mean, Harry is Agatha. Harry is. <laughs> That's what Eliza said. Harry is Mando. It was Harry all along. Ron is. <laughs> Ron is oh, God. See now, I feel like if Harry was Mando, I think Ginny, yeah, would be no Ginny for sure would be Grogu. Because Grogu. That's gross. <laughs> well, I guess if you think of him as a child, but like their family. Grogu's 50. Yeah, Grogu's old. Not 50. 50 years old. Grogu. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about the trio, though. I know, but like, she's got to be there, too. No, she's not the trio. Yeah, but he'd be lonely without his wife. I don't care. I would put they them. They probably care. Not the in trio. The Walking They're Dead. Fictional. They don't. <laughs> The Walking Dead. Zombies ain't got nothing on wands. True. Look, Ron's already used to dealing with brains. Right. True. They're fine. All right. Are we done? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We never really answered. (laughs) I mean, I did. I said WandaVision. I gave gave an answer. Genuinely, if it's a current TV show, and I don't mean to sound like that person, but I genuinely don't watch Yeah, Netflix I don't TV watch... I watch reruns all. of everything on, yeah. like, Netflix or Disney. Watch WandaVision. Mm. I watched it. But you have to watch the other things to get it. But, okay. Anyway. Aubrey asks, what do you think the lasting effects were from Ron getting attacked by the brain? Do you think he that got was more than just smart? scars? Yeah, really smart. <laughs> you see what I just said, Katie? Basically the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I was also trying to think, I'm like, so this brain, what is its intention? Do you know? Like, is it... What if it's to go in your ears and get to your brain? Is and it? And do weird memories and things? Is it looking for a host? Is it Ooh, looking to gain more yeah, memories and knowledge oh, for itself? That. I don't know. Like, what's its intention? Are, like, what's the point well, of the tendrils and why are they where, wrapping around him? Yeah, why is it attacked? Well, where did the brains come from? Are they synthetic brains? Are they going to put those brains inside of, like, robots, basically, to make, like, new humanoid types of things? Like Vision? Like a clone? Yeah, but Vision is I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Are you ruining things for people who? No, I. That's not even that, real. <laughs> that's from a movie years ago. So if you haven't watched it, too bad that you're. Vision is a so synthesis. So here's my question: years. How is Vision a thing if he doesn't have a brain? He's like the ten. He's, He's a, a synthesoid. Like, yeah. Really oh, intense wait, no, robot. I'll explain it to you. I mean, he has the Mind person? Stone. Yeah. Until he doesn't not anymore, that. and Wanda destroys yeah. it. <laughs> And then he's dead. But before that, he was like the computer <laughs> system. Like, it was Jarvis. Yeah, he Things was. Are happening. He was Iron Man's Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark. He was Jarvis. He was the dude talking Iron Man in a suit. Yeah. And then they wow. turned him into an actual. 
Yeah, because well, I don't of, being um, with the Mind Stone. Ultron was a thing, so like they needed their own kind of Ultron. Right, so Ultron. they created Vision. Fun fact, we watched the making oh. of WandaVision, and um, the guy who plays Vision was talking about how when he was cast oh, for Avengers, and um, as just Jarvis, as Jarvis voice, yeah. like he didn't I'm have sorry. A, a facing role. Yeah, Iron Man, not the Avengers. And uh, his friend called him up and said, I need someone that has a boring voice with no personality. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd be perfect for it. He's like, like, I don't know how to feel about that. He's like, how can I say no to something so honest? (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure his wife is Jennifer Conley. (laughs) Oh, really? Not that that means anything at all, but. I like Paul Bettany. I like him in Wimbledon. This is, that's his wife, Tiffany. Um, You've seen her in things, I guarantee it. Like what? Um, she's in that one movie where she's married to Brad, someone or other. That's a great descriptor for a movie. <laughs> What's that really? Thank you. <laughs> um, it's like New Year, not New Year's Eve, but he's she's married to Bradley Cooper, who cheats on her with um, who's Colin Joe's wife in real life? Who's he married to? Scarlett? Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. So in the movie... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, told you. I told you. Shall we move on? <laughs> I would hope so. Um. Okay. Uh, Samantha E. If Sirius hadn't died, do you think that Tonks and Lupin would have still gotten together? Faster. No. I agree, faster. I think they would have gotten together faster. You don't yeah. think so, Tiffany? Oh, Sirius would have been like, more love in the world. (laughs) Oh, it's Tiffany. Sirius would have totally pushed him and been like, Remus, stop being an idiot. Um, Ask her. Everyone should go read The Werewolf Who Stole Christmas. Werewolf Who Stole Christmas is the jam. That's for adults only? Thank you for It is for adults only. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, if we're going to be with the books, but Wolfstar. So yeah, they wouldn't get together. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We're going to do two more questions and then we're going to move on. So the next one comes from Marcus. Um, he said the author once said that choosing who lived and who died was like bartering with a terrorist for an exchange of hostages. If you were to barter for Sirius's life, who would you trade in his place? And this doesn't have to just be like it could be anybody. I would say Peter, but also like that's Peter. essential to later on. <laughs> yeah, Peter. It could be anybody. I would think anybody. I guess um, maybe. Bridge. I guess maybe. Let's say people oh. on the same side. You know, because you're not gonna convince. You're not gonna convince the uh, Death Eaters to kill one of their own in exchange for him. You know, so like it would have to be on the other side. Take Colin Creevy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If I'm going to be completely honest, and if I was like in this series and genuinely bartering for someone's life, be your own. Yes. I would barter my own before anyone else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine having a conversation being like, listen. No, not not this one. Take this one. No, like if, yeah, if you're in a situation, you're bartering yourself. Not a big deal. You can't come back. Oh. Um, but like, since I'm a Slytherin and I have this thing with self-preservation, I would probably barter Luna. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
my Dang. Right. <laughs> I'll go with that too. You know, actually, I mean, I like her, but yeah. y'all are mean. I I I can't have that on my con. Not judging y'all, I can't have that on my own conscience. I would. I genuinely. Would I mean. Just- if I had, I would barter my own. If I'm being honest, I really have no idea how I would react until I was actually in that situation. So, like, who knows? Right. It's hard to guess on something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, last questions from Kayla. If you could give Sirius one day of extra life in full freedom, what would you plan for him for that day? <gasps> oh, my God. We play fetch. Out and about. Yeah. Out and about, and make sure that everywhere he there. wanted to go, all his favorite peeps, yeah. all his favorite foods. Yeah. Diagon Alley, probably. He hasn't been there in a millennium. Go flying, maybe. Flying. On his motorcycle. Definitely Running motorcycle. Oh. A day with Remus in full health. Yeah. My God. <laughs> I did not mean in that way. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Why didn't I think of this? I'd barter Marietta. Oh my god, she doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if she's on their side. I guess this we is know. true. Uh, all right, that is it. So we had some technical difficulties with the house cups. So I want to see if we know who. Oh, did anyone win a bingo? One. B I N G O. B I N G O. And bingo was his name. Um, do we have name serious? Any bingos? Last call before before we call it here. Mm. I'm I'm getting the results as as we speak. Who has won the house cup? Drum roll. Oh man, it's a tie. Wait, no, it's not. Okay. Ravenclaw, 110 no. points. <laughs> they the knew winner? I needed it because I cried a lot today. Is that the winner? <laughs> yep. I shed my tears. Oh, you made me want to Ravenclaw. Puke. Hey, you know Ravenclaw. My birthday's coming up. I don't care. And I'm sad. <laughs> Man, Ravenclaw's dominating. <laughs> My birthday's coming up. <laughs> and I'm sad. <laughs> I am. Just thinking cacaws. Oops. Oh I just God. put my cup down and it hit the bell. <laughs> Ding. <sighs> All right. All right. Let's talk about a fan story. Yeesh. Okay. This one, this week's fan story comes from Carla Simmons. Subject line, you have old fans too, which I really mm. thought was awesome. Oh, love. Dear Katie, Megan, Sarah, and Tiffany, my name is Carla and I'm 68 years old, just to start like most of the kids do. I thought you should know you have a fan who is probably older than your parents since you are younger than my son's. For 34 years, I was a high school English speech and drama teacher, so not surprisingly, I've always been a reader. One afternoon, I came home after school and turned on the Rosie O'Donnell show, as I usually did. She was touting a new book by a new author, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Since I'm a big fantasy literature fan, I thought this sounded really good. 
I read it and loved it. I was hooked. I recommended it to my students and colleagues. I read all the other books as soon as they came out. Because I was dealing with my mom's death when Deathly Hollows came out, I read it in 14 hours. It was such a nice escape from my personal sadness. When I retired, my present to myself was to reread the entire series again for the eighth time. That's awesome. Because so many of my kids read the books and knew I loved them, probably because of the movie posters on my classroom walls, they frequently discussed the novels and movies with me or used them from one of my favorite assignments I gave them, a book movie, a movie book comparison. I know this is why I love your podcast so much. Since I retired, I miss those conversations. You remind me of so many of my former students with your love of what you're doing and your love for each other. It was so easy to bond with many of my students since our school is pretty small, but the Potter world provided a way for my kids to see me as more than their teacher or their parents' teacher or their classmates' mom. In fact, it was a former student who told me about your podcast. Thanks, Autumn. That's so cool. I like that you keep us listeners posted on what you're doing and reading. I've read the first six novels in the Wheel of Time series, but quit because my favorite character was not focused on enough. My current favorite author is Jim Butcher, whose main character is the other wizard named Harry. Harry Dresden, the only wizard in the Chicago phone book. So if you like urban fantasy, start with his book, Stormfront. Beware, I read stuff mostly recommended by teenage boys. (laughs) As I listen to your wonderful in-depth discussions, I know your high school English teachers are proud of you. Literature reflects the real world and helps us understand ourselves and the world we live in. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, Carla Simmons, English speech drama teacher, retired, Cheney, Ken, Cheney, Kansas High School. I think that's, that's probably, oh, she says, never mind. I was going to correct you. I was exactly. Like, that's I know. She <laughs> spelled it out for me because she knows. <laughs> I, that made me cry. So, so this, I, sometimes if I, if I catch a little bit of a Potter story in the email and it just like, strikes me i don't know i'll be like katie read this one Mm -hmm. or go find this one and this just really got me because we have a lot of school starting to go back after being you know a year or a little over a year into into this pandemic and teachers are working their tails off me included and it just it 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 really hit my heart when when Carla said, "I know your high school English teachers are proud of you." Like that to me, as a teacher as well, I was like, "Yes, thank you." Because when you get down to it, what our podcast does it, is it can show you what literature can do for someone and how it can affect someone. And how this has made us um, relate to other people, build friendships, uh, get to underlining meanings of things if you want to get to the more academic side of this. But what I think that good literature can do for us is it can make us better people. And I think that all of us can probably say that this series has made us be better people. And I love that. And I love that it came from a teacher. So from one teacher to another, Carla, thank you. Yeah, that's totally awesome. And I I don't know, this whole story just made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Yeah, it's just feel good. And I love that you're a part of our family. Mm-hmm. And 
This is scientific proof. This is evidence that you never have to grow up. You can always be young at heart. Yes. Carla, you are a new mascot. (laughs) So thank you so much for your story. You rule. And, you know, our listeners are just the best. They really are. Truth. I was trying to find a serious related joke in this book just to like lighten the mood, but I couldn't find him in here. Were they all silly? Uh, no, there. I didn't see any with his name in it, which was upsetting. I was making a joke. Oh <laughs> no, they were all serious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so I'll just go with you know a classic. How does Harry's best friend get his exercise? He runs. Oh my god. I, I, found, I found a joke on the oh, internet. So I, I wonder if it's the same one. <laughs> What's the name of the arch nemesis of Sirius Black? Oh my god. Casual White. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Sarah joke. <laughs> what do you call a reality show where Sirius Black adopted the Weasley children? Orange is the, Orange new, is black. the new black. Oh, my <laughs> Here, oh here's another one. In the Harry Potter books, Sirius Black is in his early 30s, but in the movies, he looks like an old man. Old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. If you don't get it, it's because the man that plays Sirius Black is Gary Oldman. I like the next Which, one too. When I saw him in one of these Batman movies, one of the first ones that came out, the newer, not newer ones, they're really old now. Uh, Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. the ones that Heath Ledger was in. Dark Knight. I was, I was like, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, she got mad at me. She had it on. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Gary Oldman. That's Sirius Black. And she's like, it is not. It is not. I was like, you can fight me, but I'm right. <laughs> Turns would, out, I was right. I would probably physically fight you still. This is uh onesies. <laughs> Hold on, here's here's a couple. <laughs> I found the first four Harry Potter books to be quite lighthearted. Fifth one. Dead serious. <laughs> I wasn't that's, gonna read that one, Megan. <laughs> that's an ouchie. Ouch guy. Too soon. I also looked too soon. Bowling jokes. I looked up bowling jokes. Yeah, because we were bowling for prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> what did one romantic pin say to the other? Let's never split. <laughs> After hours of waiting for the bowling alley to open, we finally got the ball rolling. (laughs) Why should a bowling alley be quiet? So you can hear a pin drop. That's lovely. (laughs) Since, uh, Since Sirius is named after the dog star, is that his constellation prize? (laughs) shout out to marcus i don't even know how to respond (laughs) all right make sure that you guys follow the four of us jokesters over on social media (laughs) (laughs) matt or tiffany didn't say any jokes so it's three jokesters (laughs) she doesn't get to be included i said a joke we i said were they all silly did anyone laugh? Sarah! (laughs) (laughs) But did anyone laugh? That was so mean. I hope you can 
sleep at night. <laughs> you know I can't. I know. Me. That's you know why I, I said it. <laughs> oh. All right. Myself and Katie are on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at the Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSwish underscore Flick. And Sarah's on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. <laughs> Neither of them are cool enough to be on TikTok yet. Maybe it'll happen someday. It won't. It'll never. Definitely I'm not. Won't. I can't make TikTok. <laughs> oh so gosh, the other day, I didn't know Meg had my phone. And all of a sudden, she goes, hey, Katie, look. And I look, and my face recognized to download the TikTok app. <laughs> so I didn't download it willingly, but it's now on my phone. Megan, <laughs> you are a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Tiffany, plug uh, yourself. Plug it um, in, plug it in. I was thinking that, and then I was like, will that date me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you am I? the oldest one on the podcast dates you. Sure. What am I doing? Working out, going to work nowadays. Uh, got spring break coming up. That's cool. We're gonna do a whole lot of nothing. Actually, we're gonna record a lot of Padawan and buy a lot, probably too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, I'm I'm a, a three. I'm three shrines away from having all the shrines oh in my Breath God. of the Wild. Um, what is that again? Not your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I read a couple more chapters in the book Sarah gave me. So speaking of those, I bought these dust cover dust jackets or whatever for the books from Why? one of my favorite artists. But I like can't take a cute picture with them because it's like I don't have all the books because I lent to mine. They're freaking gorgeous. Gorgeous, darling. The That's gorgeous. a thing to buy. Dust jackets. Oh yeah, they're so pretty. Oh yeah, I always throw them away. I know you do, and that hurts my heart. I like care. Not that I don't care about my paperbacks, but like I'm not worried about them as much as no, my heart I don't, covers. I only throw the children's ones away because kids don't keep those on, and it's oh, really annoying. Anyways, I I, I truly don't back. know what else. What am I doing, Megan? Um, sending me things to buy from Target. That's true. I do that on the regular. <laughs> you should Megan. play more Pokemon because I've almost completed my Pokedex and Pokemon Shield. No, I wanna, I wanna finish this Breath of the Wild thing. I Maybe need fifteen seeds, Pokemon but... to complete my Pokedex. Fifteen. That's fifteen. What lost you? Who lost you? I need. None. I have my whole Pokédex done. You have all your Pokémans, don't you? All my Pokémans are in my Pokéballs. I don't know. I'm not doing much. I'm just, you know, living day-to-day. Momming. Living your life at a slow pace. (laughs) I don't know how that song goes. (laughs) Living my life. I'm done. Katie and I reorganized our computer setup and I love it. And we're thinking about doing grown up kids on YouTube. 
I don't know. You We're thinking too. about it. We like moved our mics around so that we can like be on screen together. Um, if we were to like do that on YouTube. So it's a thought in our mind. Um, but other than that, I've been playing a ton of Pokemon. Uh, shout out to Brandon, who has kept me and Katie company on long Pokemon nights. And... <laughs> long Pokemon I also booked a flight home for the summer so that's exciting woo um yeah I don't know I we're almost we're almost fully covered with our vaccination yeah so close so awesome so a lot of people are going to be able to get there soon, which is lovely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just saw in Florida. It is opening to everybody in the state 40 and up like a- April 1st. No. Yeah, maybe April 1st. And then it should be available to anyone over 16 by the end of April. Which I am awesome. shocked by because Florida was not doing so hot. Yeah. But what did it affect? They were just hot because it's a warmer state, <laughs> closer to the equator. True that. You know the things I learn. <laughs> Katie, what? What are you doing? <sighs> I don't know. People cry about Remus. Yeah, think about Remus. Think about Remus. Think about- <laughs> I've been thinking about Remus. <laughs> Remus. Uh, yeah. I don't know. A lot of what Meg's doing, playing Pokemon and. Uh, enjoying porch life a lot because it was really nice this week and now now it's hot but it was really nice earlier this week taking in those non-humid days while they're here yeah i've been like super you got months ahead of grossness super obsessing over how my cat has found the perfect sunshine spot on the porch and how we played bubbles it was super cute (sighs) you made a tiktok video i made a tiktok video what did you do in your tiktok video talked about my favorite disney Disney things we had to do it like a thousand times not really we just had to do it i feel like an idiot while i'm trying to edit tiktoks if i'm being honest i'm like why is this not more user friendly (laughs) i just want to yell at it and then like seven-year-olds are out there like pumping out tiktoks like no i'm like do people seriously edit these in the tiktok app because this sucks so but. I wonder if I am at that age, you know, when you get annoyed with your parents and you're like, why don't you want to use this piece of technology? Is that what I'm doing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not alone. Though. But here's the thing. I don't want to like, I don't want to spend my time watching a bunch of videos. I like it when people send me Tiffany specific videos. But see, the thing is, is TikTok is does a great job does. of curating of like, that's what something that you will like. Like it's very terrible thing because then you get stuck. Like this is what used to happen to me, and sometimes it still does. Like on YouTube, you get the YouTube rabbit hole. You know what I mean? So then you like oh for sure, it's a time waster. A second, yeah, and then it's literally like eight months later, and you're like, oh, I'm still on TikTok. Yeah, see, I'd rather be doing something else. I guess I'm saying that it's not that I don't like. I don't have time for it. (sighs) 
I watch them late at night while okay. I'm going Let's to bed. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I started 21 Day Fix real time, which is my first time doing that. And I'm enjoying it. It's fun. But it's I'm, a fun one. I'm scared because tomorrow's cardio. I don't like that. Well, I have to do legs and hit right after, so. Yeah, that's not fun. I know I'm saying. Like, you have it better than me, I think. Maybe. <laughs> probably not. It's probably equal amount of physical pain. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the best part about working out. Aside from the health stuff. You get to complain to your friends about being sore. <laughs> yeah, I complain all day to Meg. <laughs> and she's just it. like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go take a bath. Take a hot bath. <laughs> I was like, there's Epsom salt. <laughs> Go take a bath. <clears throat> We're very boring today. Yeah. I, all my emotion, all emotion, yeah, all my emotions been used up. Sarah. Um, I've been reading books. <laughs> Wait, truly. I bought some book jackets. I didn't buy any book. Well, I pre-ordered one, but I haven't bought it yet. So It ain't fine. Easter, girl. It ain't Easter. Yeah, but I didn't pay for it because it's pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't get charged until... But you're going to be like, but I didn't pay for it because I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I don't know what I'm going to read next, to be honest with you. Because part of me, like, so I just finished Crescent City. Didn't you read a little bit of the Wheel of Time stuff? I did. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. So thought. I've been kind of reading it at work. Um, I'm still on Shadow Rising. So I'm, like, 40% through it. Um, and I pre-ordered, I don't know what it's called, but it's the Blood and Ash, like, that's the last one in the trilogy that's coming out in April. This is Blood, Blood and Ash, or From Blood and Ash, then Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, and whatever the third one is. That's what I pre-ordered. Ash Ketchum? Um, no, but I, well, I wanted to say like what that thing's about, um, but it's a spoiler, so I won't. Um, so I read like Crescent City, whatever that is called. Um, I finished that today, cried, really liked it. It was kind of like, uh, it took me a minute to get into it. I started it on Friday. Um, but I also worked and everything and like had life obligations. So I would have finished it earlier, but I didn't want to. Um, but like you know when you first read like a book and it's like a fantasy when they had to like do world building so like some of that was kind of like you have to wade through it um, but I ended up really really loving it Um, made me cry I'm reading Shadow Rising I don't know what I'm going to read next because really I think I need like a good palate cleanser where like maybe I shouldn't be reading like a fantasy novel and maybe I shouldn't read one where like people are talking about love so much because um, then like things happen and my heart hurts from it <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to read next. I don't know. My birthday's coming up soon. I have nothing planned, obviously. Mine too. Yeah, I don't know. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these ideals. We shouldn't settle for less. These You're are amazing. wise words. So Blood and Honey, um, I did read Blood and Honey, so it was um, Serpent and Dove, then Blood and Honey, and then there's the third one that's coming out this summer, which is, I think, God and Monsters, which I haven't pre-ordered that one yet. But I will get it, because I did read the first two. I loved the first book of that series. I didn't love the second one as much as the first one. Um, but they were still both very good. 
<clears throat> but I think I've read 17 books this year. It's a lot of books. 17 or 18, I don't know. 17. Um, my goal was 24, so I'm 12 books ahead of my schedule according to Goodreads. And I also read like two books that were rereads. So, yeah, that's my life. I'm other than reading and going to work, I literally am doing nothing. So, that's it. That's cool. I'm about to be like walking into my 30s next month. Cool. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about something that I wanted to say. What? Well, say it. I wanted to tell everybody to go onto Netflix and watch the documentary Seaspiracy. Highly recommended. It just came out yesterday, the 24th. And it's already trending on Netflix. It's like the number three or four documentary, well, show, movie, whatever on Netflix right now. But I just uh, recommend that you go and watch it and get educated. Yeah, do it. I have a request. For this episode. We dedicate it. To a real person. To Jessica Walter. Who passed away today. She's the actress who played Lucille Bluth. In Arrested Development. She also was. Voice character in Archer. Amongst many other things. And I know that a lot of our listeners. Love her. I was very sad to hear that news today. Yes. This is for Jessica. Do you want to say any of her nice lines from Arrested Development, or do you want to wait? Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? Ten dollars? <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. For Jessica, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just in my voice! <laughs> no! <laughs> Dwight says the eyes are the groin of the head. Yeah, yeah I often forget how to human. Um, I don't know why I'm not crying. I don't know why I'm unemotional right now. I, I think I'm... I'm holding it in for later. Tiff, sometimes that's how I react. And then in a random moment, I'll think about the moment and it'll just hit me. That's well, that's how I that's, process things. I cry every other episode. Part of me was literally thinking, I'm like, we're not, I'm not going to cry this episode. Like, wow, if we're going to hype it up, I'm not going to cry, but I'll cry the next one because like, you really get into like, at this point in time, like Harry, it, it, it's just so abrupt. He's gone. And the next one, like, you're more processing that's, it. That's, and I have to do that part, which is... <sighs> I'm really weird when it comes to, like, showing emotion and, and things like that. Like, sometimes I will cry, and then sometimes I just, like... Yeah. It looks like I have no emotion, even though I do. And, like, I just... I won't cry. I won't show anything. People process different. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.